There is so much going on in our world right now in the areas of politics, race, social justice, and so much more. But my guest today, Jason Law, believes that this is the church's finest hour. And he talks about all of that in his book called Unite My City. We'll talk with Jason Law today here on Babby's House. Stay tuned. Babby's House is on its way to you right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Babby's House, where everybody is a member of the family. Thanks so very much for joining me today, and I'm glad that you tuned in today because our subject of conversation today is a, a great subject having to do with so much that's going on in our world in the areas of politics and race and, and uh, frustration that so many people are feeling. But my, my guest today is Jason Law, and he's written a book called Unite My City, and his heart and his passion is to bring the, the church to the reality that this could be the church's finest hour. This moment is, is the the purpose that fuels the purpose of the church that could change the age and time in which we live. So we'll talk with Jason Law in just a little bit and talk about his book called Unite My City. But I want to usher in the presence of God with this great song called Every Praise. Will you just worship God with me and make him look good here in the earth? Oh! 
This is our fourth one. <laughs> You're a different breed of human than I am. It's called crazy. Mm. <laughs> May I borrow this? You can have it. Oh, thank you. I got 2,500 of them right now. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Love that. Isn't that cool? Yeah, this has been a passion of mine. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't my choice, but you know, I think sometimes who you are and your your gifts kind of you know make room for you. Yeah. And take you in paths that you didn't necessarily design wouldn't necessarily design for yourself, but um, because of the songs I write and the makeup of my voice and my message, uh, God has taken me places where I sing a lot to white conservatives, uh -huh. and uh, it's kind of crazy. Just a day. That's cool, though. Exposure. It's, it's very. Oh, it's very cool. I mean, it's been like a. a, a bridge building kind of a ministry. So yeah, you, you know. your musical background, obviously. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Grew up a kind of a big kid. deal? Oh yeah, very big deal. Well, uh, mostly gathered. preachers. Okay. Yeah, but um, it reflects in, you know, the kind of music I write. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where um, my, my folks are from the South, but my aunt um, moved to Tulsa in her, when she got married. Okay. That's where she's been all of her life, but my family moved to Michigan. So World Compassion has a 50-year legacy of helping the local church in nations where Christians face persecution. A vital lesson we've learned is that persecution does not stop at the church. Doesn't stop the church, sorry. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And it's true today. I heard that. Helping the church work together. Welcome back to the show. I want to introduce you to a young gentleman who is a visionary and comes from a family of visionaries. His name is Jason Law. He is the author of Unite My City. And he is uh, working with his, with his father in the ministry that his father built 50 years ago, a ministry called World Compassion. And they take the gospel often to communities and to nations that are hostile to the message of the gospel, but God is using them to usher many, many nations into the kingdom. Will you help me to welcome to Babby's house, Jason Law. Jason, I'm happy to have you. Hey, thank you so much for Absolutely. having me. Great thank to be you here for, with you today. Great to have you here. And congratulations on your book, Unite My thank City. You. Thank you. Uh, talk to me about your ministry, World Compassion, and about working with your dad. Yeah, well, those are two different subjects. Work, you ever work with family, you know? Um, but for, we're celebrating 50 years this year. You just said it was founded by my father, Dr. Terry Law. It actually started as a music group called Living Sound, and they took college kids all over the world. Um, back group. in Russia, when it was the former Soviet Union, yeah. uh, led worship services in communist nightclubs, got interrogated by the KGB. And so that was kind of music as missions for a number of different years. Ended up getting an invitation from Pope John Paul II to come play in Vatican City. Uh, Don Moen, who's a, a good friend of my dad, is, is on our board, and uh, he was a part of that group. And so that's really how the, the ministry began, um, wow. ministering in a lot of different churches in different countries. And then from there, we've just grown into kind of who we are today as a compassion-based ministries, as world compassion. Uh, but the core theme has always been taking the message of Jesus to nations that are hostile to the gospel message. Yeah. 
Now, the book is called Unite My City. So are we talking about cities all over the world? Are we, are we talking about uh, the next generation of, of world compassion and, and fortifying the cities in America? Talk to me about what that means. Yeah. Well, growing up, I got to travel with my dad. I got a great picture of what the body of Christ is like. Different cultures, uh, mega churches, small churches, churches that have to meet in small rooms because of persecution. So I got... I was blessed with an incredible picture of the body of Christ and different expressions of the church. Um, but in the last couple of years, my heart really began to be drawn very much to my own country right here, the United States of America, and just kind of where we were and just listening to the narrative that was being painted in the mainstream media and politics uh, with some of the racial tensions that have, have popped back up in our country, uh, just seeing the wounds and the hurts that are there, and, but realizing in the countries that we work, like in Iraq or Iran or Afghanistan or China or Myanmar, countries like that, persecution doesn't stop the church. Jesus in Matthew 16 said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But then in Matthew chapter 12, when he was being accused by the Pharisees for casting out these demons, they thought he was a demon-possessed person. He said, hey, any kingdom divided against itself, any family or any city divided against itself will not stand. And that just struck me, something that would, it hit me at the core of who I was, just knowing persecution, not, it doesn't stop the church. We work with the church in some of the most persecuted nations of the earth today, and they're growing and going. Mm -hmm. They might be small, it might look different, it's not the mega churches of the West, but they're going. But here I, I, I see a lot of infighting um, going on in our nation. I think, man, I, I believe, as you said in the opening of the show, that the church is poised to impact the culture of our nation right now. We got an opportunity before us. It may look bad. Some people are, are the naysayers. It looks bad, it looks divided, but I think the church is an opportunity to rise forth and to show a people who are looking for somebody to lead the way in unity. Well, let's talk about that because um, the one of the key words on the title of your book is unite, unite my mm -hmm. city. And the church has always been a unifying, unifying force, but there has always been, you know, what's happening in the culture finds its way into the church. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the church has been um, plagued, you know, with racism and, and disunity. So talk to me about how the church can unite the city and, uh, you know, uh, how the church can rally, how we have to rally. If we're going to unite the city, we've got to unite the church. Yep. So talk to me about how we can do that. It's a great point. I think before we're going to make an impact in our city, we first must be one. Um, my pastor says this, if we can change the church, we can change the world. If we can change the church, we can change a nation. And so I, I really believe that the, Jesus said that we're supposed to go make disciples of nations. Go make disciples of all nations. Okay. Um, but to do that, I think we have to be a unified front. Um, and so if we have to change how we are interacting, engaging with one another and how we're engaging our society if we're going to do that. And so I believe that the church should be leading the way. We shouldn't be allowing our culture or our society or politics to change us. Mm -hmm. We should be changing that. We're supposed to be salt and light in the earth today. And so um, I believe there's four pillars that I outline in the book in Unite My City, uh, relationship, prayer, worship, and service. And the first three pillars are really designed to help strengthen the unity in the body of Christ. And when I talk about that, I'm talking in the context of a city. So from church to church. So in a local congregation, it can be more person to person. But then if we scale that same principle up, being connected, have strong relationships from congregation to congregation, 
we have strong relationship. We have strong prayer together. We're praying for the sin. We're praying for our city. And then we've got what we outline in the book, our worship nights or one voice nights where different congregations can come together. We do two a year in the city of Tulsa right now. We were doing four a year. We scaled that back a little bit to two a year where they get to experience, they get to be exposed to the greater picture of the body to catch that vision. But then the fourth, and it's powerful here, is when we take that outside the walls of the church and we begin to reach out to our cities and our communities and ask, how can we serve you? No strings attached, but the synergy that can begin to take place when we begin to connect congregations across the city to answer the questions that people are asking, to bring solutions to problems, the amount of resource, the connections, and the relationships that can come out of that. I believe working together, we can point people to Jesus and bring glory to God rather than always looking to maybe government officials to meet some of the needs oh, yeah. that we have in our communities. Let's talk about what that looks like in Tulsa because uh, your your ministry, that's where you're centered. We're based in out of Tulsa, you're based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And you talked about these events that are taking place in, in Tulsa. What is, the, what is the outcome of that? It, it, so we're still learning in Tulsa. I want to be very clear on that. This book is a, a lot of stories uh, that we've learned from, people that we've learned uh, from who are ahead of us. Uh, so by any means, we're not a perfect city in all of this yet. But a couple of years ago, we remember uh, on the national news, there was a shooting in Tulsa by a police officer uh, with Terrence Crutcher in the north part of our city. And we have still have a geographical divide in our city between the African-American community and the white community. And it's North Tulsa and South Tulsa. And we had been doing this Unite My City initiative for a number of years. And so we kind of had some groundwork that was laid. And one of my uh, pastor friends, he's a North Tulsa pastor, he's a black gentleman, Pastor Michael Todd, him and I were already planning on doing a racial healing panel. And this shooting happened and he called me, he goes, man, we gotta do something right now. I'll host it at my church. And so for Tulsa, wow. this is a big deal. We had 72 pastors show up from different denominations, wow. different races, different size of churches. And we hosted a two and a half hour round table discussion with these pastors, breaking them up into groups, people meeting each other for the very first time, some that are just down the street from one another, um, beginning to talk about how do we as spiritual leaders lead our city to a place of healing in this. And we still have a long way to go, but some amazing connection opportunities like that, what the enemy is meant for bad, I believe God can take and turn for good. It just requires an obedient step from his people. Yeah, and and from the discussions, have there been any any synergy, any other events, any other things happening as a result of these pastors coming together? Yes, so um, that specific event, uh, we've had a couple of churches start doing joint worship services together. So predominantly white congregations are coming together with predominantly black congregations periodically throughout the year. There's one, it's, it's really interesting, and they did this on their own accord. One church, their cross street is 56th Street South Lewis, a street and they are connected with a church that is 56th Street North Lewis, literally the mm. polar opposites. Wow. And on the north side, it is predominantly African-American, and on the south side, it's predominantly white. And they meet together regularly, and there's incredible stories coming out of those two churches of families starting to build a relationship with one another, having each other over for dinner, and starting to bring down those walls. So just the, the exposure that's taking place is beginning to, at the very grassroots level, beginning to see some walls come down, misunderstandings eliminated and stronger relationships take place. So what can we learn from that? You know, what, what are some of the, the, the tangible things that are coming out of this new, uh, these new unifying events? 
I think uh, first we have to realize it's our responsibility. That's why we call it Unite My City. It's not um, me uniting my city. It's everybody has a responsibility. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my mm-hmm. people who are called by my name will humble themselves. You can't have unity without humility. And so we can have our opinions. We can have our prejudices that sometimes we don't even know that are there. And until you get exposed to some other people, these walls that have been there that you don't know that's that's there, you've got to take the initiative to say, you know what, I may have an issue here. I may have a thought pattern that's unhealthy. I may uh, have a wall here, but I'm not going to know that unless I begin to expose myself and put myself into some uncomfortable places. And so we got to become comfortable with being uncomfortable to grow and to see some of these walls and barriers tear down. We're going to talk some more about this after the break. Stick around after this break. I'm going to talk more with Jason Law in his great book called Unite My City. Stick around. Great conversation. We'll be on the other side of this break. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Babby's House. I've been talking today with Jason Law, and he is the author of Unite My City. He's from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, his ministry there called World Compassion is a family ministry that he's working with his dad, and he is the... another generation picking up this torch and and blazing a trail for his generation. And there in Tulsa, you all have been, uh, you've been watching God work, unifying the church. Um, But talk to me about the fact that you know, we don't do this just to be doing this. We don't, we're not talking about unity or the church is not coming together just, you know, to have punch and cookies. But there is something very vital that's coming out of this. As a matter of fact, this is a part of the obedience, part of the, the commandment that Christ has, has told us to do. So talk to us about um, the, the purpose, mm-hmm. this, uh, what's coming out of the churches coming together there yeah. as far as unity is concerned. Yeah, I think it's always important to understand the why behind what you're doing. And I believe that's what makes this sustainable. In John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus says, the greatest commandment is this, to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, but love each other as Christ has loved the church, as I have loved you. The Old Testament, it was love one another. The New Testament is love one another as I have loved you. That's a sacrificial love. Jesus gave his life for us. And then in John 17, when he's praying, and I think it's important for us to pay attention to the prayer of Jesus, because just like when we pray, we're pouring out our hearts. I believe it communicates his heart. And I also believe because of the relationship he has with the Father, it communicates the heart of God. And he prays this in John 17, when he's praying for the entire church, he says, God, I pray that they are one, just as you and I are one, so that the world may know that you sent me. There's a purpose 
and our unity. There's a purpose in our oneness so the world may know that you sent me, that they know that Jesus is the Son of God, number one. Number two, and so that they would know that you love them just, just as, as you as loved you love me. me. That's one so, of my key scripture verses. That's So awesome. then the degree in which we get along and we engage each other and we express that love to one another as the church, as the body of Christ, I believe has a direct reflection of God's love to the world around us. So if we look fragmented, if we're always speaking dishonorably about disagreements that we have over Facebook or over media and we're calling everybody out, what picture does that paint? Does that really paint a loving father? Does that really glorify God? To glorify God is to leave a favorable impression of God. Are we leaving a favorable impression? And so the enemy wants to come in and he wants to create division. And he's going to use those personal offenses that we have with, with others. He's going to use things um, that like race or politics or social issues to create rifts. In the, he's going to use whatever he can because if he can keep us divided, he can hurt us. Yes. Jesus himself said that. We, mm -hmm. we talked about that in the previous session. Um, but I believe that most importantly, how are we communicating the love of God? And I can believe that we can do that through Unite My City movement. Is there a ministry model or a biblical model that you're shaping this around? Uh, I'm t so we shape ours a lot of how, what we've learned by practice, but we've also learned from a lot of other people. Um, in my book, there's several authors that I've learned from that I honor and respect. Um, but one of the, the things that we talk about are the four pillars, which I, re I represented before, mentioned before, and relationship is really, really key. I believe that we already have the structure in the context of our cities within the congregations that exist in a city context. But pastors, pastors are anointed, they're appointed by God to help shepherd and lead the church in a city. And so we really have focused on building strong, authentic relationship amongst lead pastors in our city because without relationship, there's not going to be that trust to be able to go engage our cities together. Um, Psalms 133 says, blessed are those who dwell together in unity, for it is like the oil that is poured out over the head of Aaron, for it flows down his beard and down to his robe. And Aaron was a priestly leader appointed by Moses. And so I believe that's a representation and a picture and a model that we can follow uh, in this, that we have to have that leadership that lead the way, that example that. And so we really, as a non-local church, we're not, I'm not a pastor in my city, um, we are kind of a neutral party that helps bring, we've built trusted relationships over the years that bring these leaders together and then simply ask the question, what can we do together now? You know, oftentimes when we're calling people to unity, uh, the people that, are, that we're calling to unity have certain characteristics. There are certain characteristics that the black church mm -hmm. uh, celebrates and there are certain things that, you know, our Caucasian brothers and sisters celebrate. And oftentimes we're fearful of that that, that there might be an overarching thought that you're expecting me to, to change, yeah. to change my style. But that's not necessarily oh, so. No, no, As a matter no. of fact, we need to celebrate that. 100%. Talk, talk to me about that. So unity is not uniformity. That's what's beautiful that's about good. Bible unity. We're each created in a unique way. There's different expressions. There's different cultures and flavors and styles. And so a black church might like more gospel worship. And I, I even though I'm one of the whitest white guys you'll ever meet. I love that kind of stuff. I love going to those worship services. Um, but we have to recognize that the, the higher calling that we have in our disagreements and our differences, the higher calling we have is to love one another. And so we should celebrate, as you just said, beautifully. We should celebrate our uniqueness, celebrate our differences, and even really our disagreements become laughable at the call to love one another. That's yeah. the highest calling that we have uh, in our lordship of, with Jesus being the Lord of our lives. So we may not um, have to 
to necessarily change everything about us, but we can learn from from one another. Yeah. You know, you and your dad, um, two different generations. Yeah. Uh, what are you learning from your dad and from his generation as oh far as leadership? Yes, yeah, so that's another thing. The generational exchange that really is taking place um, in the church today is phenomenal. Uh, learning, I learn a lot of things that we should do and then there's things that you can learn and say hey maybe we shouldn't do that and I think my kids are going to learn about the things that I did well and they're going to learn about my mistakes um, so it's more of a challenge of um, from one generation to the other because you got different styles you got different flavors it, it hits and cultural influence oh cultural influences it's just it's been done differently and you people just wow now I just want to do something different even just for the sake of doing something different um, but I think the most important thing is honor. We have to honor, obviously honor those that are before us and, and, and elders, but we've got to honor one another over our opinions. And I cannot allow my opinion, my political preferences, I cannot allow my opinion of a social issue come between you and I. Amen. Before God, I am called, or, or my dad, I am called to love you more than any of my opinions. That is my, my commandment. Tell us how we can find you on the web. Um, you can learn about the book at UniteMyCity.tv. We've got a website there, other resources. People can order a copy on Amazon or on the website there. If you want to learn about what we do globally, go to WorldCompassion.tv. Well, very good. Listen, thanks for being my guest today. And thank you for bringing this great message to challenge us, to motivate us, and to remind us that it all begins with God's love. Appreciate thank you, you being so much here. for having me. And to you, dear friend, thanks for watching Babby's House. We love you. We're praying for you. And we're so grateful that you tuned in today. And uh, listen, go to my website at babby.com and you'll find a lot of encouragement there. Well, thanks again for watching today's show. We'll join us again the next time we get together. Until then, God bless you real good. All right. Bye-bye for now.